Welcome to Front Office Pros, brought to you by the Front Office Pros, Steve and Joe. The NFL season is less than two months away. We've been going through the divisional breakdowns for all the divisions in the NFL. We're at the last one. It was a little bit scrambled, but it's the NFC North uh, is our last division. Here to break it all down with us is none other than Steven Johnson, a first-time guest from Office Pros. Uh, Steven has been an integral part of the Scott Fishbowl 13, helping with Scott Fishbowl merch and the Avi Makers. Uh, Steven, thanks so much uh, for joining the show today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on, gentlemen. Excited to talk some NFC North. Might be a little bit painful for my Bears, but you know what? It's uh, It's been painful for a while, so you just kind of grin and bear it. <laughs> hut, hut, hike! Yeah, when you look at the NFC North standings last year, you, as you know, it was not the best uh, for your Chicago Bears. The Minnesota Vikings won the division. Uh, they were 13-4. and four. The Detroit Lions, they had that uh, exciting clash against the Packers, knocked out Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. They ended up being 9-8. and eight. Packers, third in the division, 8-9. and nine, And your Chicago Bears at 3-14. and 14. So a lot of activities happened uh, in this NFC North. So what do you guys think will be the NFC North division champion? I, I mean, at this point, it feels like it's the uh, the Vikings to lose. Once again, a lot of people are going to be high on the Lions for just how they finish the season. Uh, but when, when you look at the body of work and what they were able to accomplish to, to end on that high note, I'm not necessarily sure it's a sustainable thing that they can put together here. And yeah, they'll, they'll have Jamison Williams after six games. That's obviously going to help them. I'm on Ross St. Brown turned out to be the real deal. They bring in Jamar Gibbs through the draft. They had another fantastic draft. They had a ton of great capital, but it just seems like the, the high powered offense with the Vikings, even though they've teetered off a little bit on the defensive side of the ball with some of the losses and free agency that it just seems that, Things are still in their corner until somebody you know steps up and says, you know what, your time's done, and that's all there is to it. Really, the Bears and the Packers, it's going to be uh, a, an afterthought for both of them. For as much as I want to believe that the Bears have a lot of promise this year, it just doesn't feel like that's the year. I would put my money on the Vikings. You know, I think the, the Vikings are up for some disappointment, I think, this year. You know, they won a lot of close games, kind of had to pull things out of the, you know, hat last year, kind of late. You know, they got lucky in the Bills game at the end there. Uh, somehow they come back from the largest comeback, 33 nothing against the Colts in that game. Still don't know how they pulled that one off. Um, you know, I got to stick with my gut. I'm going to say the Lions. I don't like that they're the betting favorite. Um, but I just, I just like what Dan Campbell's done, and I just believe that the Lions could turn this thing around and, you know, carry in some momentum at the end from – the end of last year into this year as well um you know I, this division was tough i feel like there's it, teams are kind of neck and neck and i think some you know any of the really three teams could run away with it um but i'll, I'll just go with the lions here yeah i actually have uh, the lions uh, winning the division as well and a part of my reasoning is because every year we know that you know four to six teams are gonna change hands in the playoffs and i feel like this might be one of the the biggest possibilities uh for the lions to enter the playoffs the nfc is wide open i agree with you and when it comes to the vikings as well they lost some key pieces on that team uh, they lost dalvin cook he will no longer be on the team 
Uh, they lost Adam Thielen. He's no longer on the team. Some some players on defense, Darius Smith, you know, maybe not a household name. He's been a great player for them on the outside. Losing Eric Kendricks in the middle of that, you know, linebacker room. Losing Patrick Peterson in the secondary. They've lost a, a lot of key pieces. And so for me, I feel as though uh, I agree the Vikings are in for a somewhat of a disappointment. Uh, so, guys, how about wild card teams? Do you have anyone in the NFC North getting a wild card spot? Uh, you know, I, I you guys want the the lines in there at the division favorite. I have them in as a wild card. I do believe that they will break through in that regard. Like I said, they've made a lot of great moves. They had a lot of great draft picks. Um, you know, again, you even look at their second round players like Sam Laporta, who they brought in at tight end to be the new TJ Hawkinson out of. Uh, tight end you at Iowa. I mean, we got, I think it's about time that we just accept that anything coming out of Iowa is going to be a, a damn good football player. Uh, but I, I, I think everything is set for them uh, to, to definitely be a wild card team at a very bare minimum, uh, even just based on the way that the rest of the NFC is probably going to play out this year. Yeah, I think, uh, unfortunately for me, the uh, Noah fans been the one exception to that Iowa thing <laughs> as far as the tight ends there. Uh but, you know, I, it wouldn't shock me if a team like the Vikings, you know, ended up being in the wild card for this division. Uh, but as far as keeping track of our picks, I've already got my, you know, three <laughs> wild card teams taken up. So I'm, I have to say no, but it wouldn't shock me if, uh, you know, Packers, Vikings, you know, find their way into a wild card spot here. Yeah, I am really having a difficult time. I do think a wild card team comes out of this division. I've got one remaining. Uh, I've already mm -hmm. said uh, the two are going to make it. I got one more. I'm going to give the edge to the Vikings. I think um, even though they lost those key pieces, you still got Justin Jefferson. I think Jordan Addison's going to bring a new spark. TJ Hawkinson has been, you know, a really good player since being, you know, traded over there. You, you mentioned him as well, Steven. So, uh, to me, I, I, it's close. I, I have another team in mind as well, but I'm going to stick uh, with the Vikings as a wild card team. So going over to the teams that didn't make the playoffs. So me and Steven have one wild card team. Joe's got none. Um, who are the teams that missed the playoffs and what is the order that they fall in the standings? Uh, I, this year, I, I do believe... Um... I mean, we'll go Vikings, Lions, Bears, and then Packers. I cannot see Jordan Love as a long-term solution for the Green Bay Packers. I am not sold on him. I am not sold on that entire offense. Really, you look at the offensive weapons beyond Aaron Jones, and it's kind of cringe. For I mean, even for a, a quarterback of the stature of Aaron Rodgers last year with Alan Lazard, who isn't even there anymore, and they, they really haven't done much to upgrade things. Christian Watson, yeah, he had some really good plays, but that was also benefited majorly by Aaron Rodgers' arm. And I'm not sure Jordan Love's going to have that same accuracy, that same strength to get the ball downfield to him and have him continue to pick things up in his sophomore season. So really, this for me is a rebuilding year for the Green Bay Packers. I see them finishing with five wins. I have the Bears at eight wins uh, and the Lions at ten. Uh, so in that order, I think there, there'll be some back and forth in the middle of things there. I want to be more positive about the Bears. Their schedule is extremely easy this year. I do think Justin Fields is the real deal. That being said, not there quite yet. 
yeah, for me, I got the uh, Lions at the top, then the Vikings, Packers, and then the Bears. Oh. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it, w- it wouldn't shock me if the Bears ended up being third and uh, flip-flopped the Packers. So, I, I, I mean, honestly, this whole NFC is wide open. I feel like this division is, you know, pretty open for the first time just because, you know, the lack of elite quarterbacks, you know, in the within the division and in the NFC – just makes it's going to NFC is just going to be so wild to see what ends up unfolding here. Yeah, I've got it going the Lions, the Vikings, the Packers, and the Bears. Man, uh, take it a love around here. Yeah, well, <laughs> here's a well, you're not going to get a lot. I'll tell you, you're not going to get a lot of love from me because I, I Justin Fields, I don't think people want to crown him the hero. I, I to me, I, I think he showed a lot of great flashes, but I need to see it to believe it. I think that he can't. He says he wants to throw over 4,000 yards. I'm not convinced that's going to happen. Could it happen? Yeah, I think it definitely could. And the addition of DJ Moore, I think it is is stellar. I think it's going to be really helpful for the team. But uh, I don't really like – I don't trust Matt Eberfuss, to be honest with you. I, I never really understood the hire to begin with. Um, I think he could benefit from a more uh, offensive genius type of head coach that could really um, elevate his play. Uh, I think he's got a lot better pieces around him, you know, with the addition of DJ Moore. But the other thing is this team is pretty bare bones on the defensive side, in my opinion. Uh, I, I, they've got some interesting pieces. You know, I think Jaquan Brisker coming in last year, I think he was pretty good. Tremaine Edmonds coming from the Bills, I kind of like what he could be. Uh, But, you know, unless I'm not remembering somebody, I don't think there's anybody that's like, I need to watch out for him. (laughs) <laughs> on the defensive side. Uh, and I think that secondary is in pretty rough shape. I know they drafted some rookies this year. Uh, but, uh, you know, I Justin Fields can only do so much. Uh, right. So that's why I have him last. Yeah, no, they, they uh, I, I mean, for, for, for what it's worth, the one thing that they haven't done that has blown my mind that they haven't done it is, is figure out the edge rusher. They've not brought in a single bona fide edge rusher yet this offseason. They've manage to, to keep track of everything else. Like you had mentioned with Tremaine Edmonds, they bring in TJ Edwards. They again, bolstered the secondary. They uh, draft Tyreek Stevenson. They draft a couple defensive tackles in the second round. They did everything that they needed to do in those areas, except get after the quarterback, which they were terrible at last year. And I mean, the, the defense is not going to take that next step without that threat. And it it's a concern. It definitely is a concern. Um, but it is definitely a put up or shut up year for Justin Fields, even with the revamped offensive line. They're essentially new three offensive starters along that line after what was a very bad 2022 for them. And then you come in here, you bring in Dante Foreman, you sign Rosha or you draft Roshan Johnson, you have Khalil Herbert, and then, like you said, DJ Moore. Everything is in place on the offensive side of the ball. It's just a matter of if Fields can take that step. Well, and, and, you know, that defense could be so porous. I mean, he might have a lot of opportunities yeah. from a fantasy production to do really well. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that about the edge rushers because I know on Twitter uh, or X, whatever you want to call it now these days, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of Bears fans outraged about this, and they're like, why haven't they called Yannick Ngakwe? I think that's the name I've heard the most. Is that true from your other uh, co-Bear fans, that that's the guy that they want? Yeah, I, I, I think that that's the bright, shiny toy. Uh, for for Bears fans out there, and my my question is, okay, and Gakwe's out there. Is the reason he's not signed is because of Ibra Flus and his knowledge of 
what he was doing with the Colts. Is there something there that's kind of dropping the hints that, okay, maybe that isn't the guy. There's been tons of Bears rumors about Chase Young. That's not going to happen. He is not getting traded. Washington would be very, very dumb to trade him for nothing less than, than a first-round pick, especially talking about a guy that was drafted as high as he was. Um, so, I mean, I, I just don't think that the, the, the options are there right now for the Bears to – properly address the position at this point in time and it's going to be one of those things where we say okay 2024 is really where everything needs to kick into full gear the offense gets on track this year we look at the defense next year two first round picks address the needs and go forth from there yeah that that's a really good point i I, that kind of slipped from my mind you know with Eberflus being the the Indianapolis Colts defensive coordinator, and he had an opportunity to work with Yannick and Gaffin. Usually, it's just like the real world. It's all about who you know. And so yep. being that they have that personal connection, this should have happened a lot sooner. Because it's not, that tells you that maybe Eberflus, even with the depth that you have at Ed Drescher, that's a bad <laughs> sign. Uh, that yeah. For whatever reason, they're not calling his phone and bringing them, bringing them in the doors. So uh, that is interesting. So transitioning over to the fantasy football side, because that is primarily what our channel is about. I'm going to ask the guys a sleeper uh, for each team in the division. So let's start off with the Minnesota Vikings. Who's your sleeper for them, guys? So for the Vikings, you know, I'm going to go with uh, K.J. Osborne. Uh, you know, everyone talks about Jordan Addison, the new shiny toy of the offense. But K.J. Osborne's a re- returning guy. Um, had a pretty solid, you know, up and down year last year. Everyone was pegging him to be the big sleeper last year. It didn't really pan out. I think that, you know, he kind of gets a negative connotation to him. But he's a guy that, you know, had a decent amount of touchdowns last year. Adam Thielen's gone, who seemed to get a ton of targets in the red zone for Kirk Cousins and convert on that. So I think he could be the beneficiary for, you know, some of those red zone targets to get more touchdowns. You know, and if he does, uh, I see him as a real solid wide receiver three on this offense. Yeah, I, I, I do like K.J. Osborne, another guy that I think isn't getting enough hype right now that I think people really need to be aware of is uh, Ty Chandler, the, the running back for the Vikings, because right now Alexander Madison, he's one of those guys where he's shown some hype in the past when Dalvin Cook has gone down. But when he was given that opportunity last year, he really didn't do a whole heck of a lot with it. And, and you bring in a guy like Ty who didn't do a ton last year. He only carried the ball 15 times for 113 yards, but he was able to force missed tackles. He was able to get some electrifying plays in, and I believe he's going to have the opportunity to be out, beat out Dwayne McBride, who again, a late round rookie. There's not much there, but if Alexander Madison isn't able to get the ball going and it might be a tough roll things for that rushing game overall, but I'd rather roll the dice on a guy like Chandler versus paying up the ADP for Alexander Madison behind that offensive line that's honestly probably the most iffy of any of the NFC North offensive lines this year just to see you know what's there and essentially probably even get him for free uh, in, in your standard leagues as well. But it's definitely somebody that you need to keep an eye out for because I really don't think McBride's going to be the answer to back up Madison, and I can't see Madison being a three-down bell cow. Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that, Stephen, because I think – I think it's Alexander Madison. There's so much hype around him. Like he's no longer a sleeper, you know, like he is, people want him so badly. 
And the problem with this is because they think, well, oh, well, Dalvin Cook's gone. So he'll just go in and replace the production of Dalvin Cook. Well, he's not Dalvin Cook. And I think it's more than likely this is a running back by committee approach. Like you said, they're all different style of running backs, but you've got Ty Chandler, you've got Dwayne McBride. I wouldn't be surprised if all three are used in some form or fashion. And then who knows? You've still got these veteran running backs out there like Leonard Fournette. Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt. These guys are names. These guys have been, you know, on fantasy rosters for the past few years. They've been really good players. I know they're around that 27, 28 years old, which we know is kind of that drop-off age for running backs. So I'm avoiding Madison, uh, you know, severely, as I think it's a trap. Uh, But I I think it's good that you mentioned it because a lot of people are just focusing on Madison. They're not focusing on the other guys. Uh, So, but uh, my sleeper, Joe, you know, I was this close to go with KJ Osborne, but I didn't have the guts to do it. So I went with Jordan Addison. Uh, you know, the question will be who is going to take away, who's going to, who's going to replace the production of Adam Thielen and possibly who's, you know, Justin Jefferson is, you know, obviously the best receiver in the league. He'll continue to produce, uh, but will defenses change up? You know, they may not, may not even help, but are they going to try to, you know, possibly double team him, do what they can to kind of remove him from the game as much as possible? So someone's going to have to step up. I like Hawkinson more, honestly, as probably that number two option. But from a ceiling standpoint, it's hard to deny that Addison's just got a way higher ceiling than a KJ Osborne. I'm a type of person from fantasy football perspective, you draft for the ceiling because at the end of the day, you win when you have breakouts on your team. Uh, you can't play it safe. So for me, uh, my sleeper is Addison. There's a lot of negative buzz around him with him speeding, uh, you know, and other things around Addison. So uh, I don't. I feel like you could probably get him for a little bit of a bargain these days. And I mean, even on top of that, too, I mean, you, you look at the fact that a lot of people just forget what he was capable of doing even back when he was at Pitt before he was at USC. I mean, this is a very good wide receiver and honestly being very undervalued, in my opinion. I, I do like him as a value. You look at the amount of targets that Adam Thielen has essentially given up and have, have gone into thin air, and you can argue, yeah, you got you got Hawkinson there to take up mo- most of those, but you know he was there for the majority of the year. There was still a supplemental wide receiver two slot there, and if it's not Addison, it easily could be K.J. Osborne. So, I mean, really, you're dealing with two guys, and you could also be talking about a Vikings team that leads the league in pass attempts this year just based on how that offensive line is and if Kirk Cousins has to, to find himself putting the game into his own hands. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because on top of that, you've got the running back situation, which I don't think they're going to dedicate as much to the run game. They may just be throwing it all over the yard. So you might be, this might be a career year as far as attempts uh, for Kirk Cousins because they're going to, and, and I told you that defense, I don't, I'm not a believer in what they've done. So that defense was bad before it's still bad. So that means like that it's going to be a porous defense. They're going to be chucking it all over the yard. So uh, I definitely agree with that. So transitioning over to the Detroit Lions, who is your sleeper for them, guys? Yeah, you know, uh, my sleeper, I think, you know, I really like him for when, uh, as long as Jamison Williams is going to be out. Um, question is, I don't know how much long-term value he's going to have outside of that. Um, but I'm going to say Antoine Green. Uh, wide receiver out of North Carolina that they drafted in the seventh round. Um, you know, this is a wow, guy that, deep. yeah, this is a guy that liked the, uh, well, it's an explosive deep threat guy. That's what Jamison Williams adds to this offense. 
And for the first six games, Jamison Williams out. Do you trust, you know, old uh, Marvin Jones and guys like Cleef Raymond who just haven't really proved it? I mean, take, I'm going to take – I'll take a shot on the young gun um, who scored 11 of his 15 touchdowns on 20 yards or more uh, deep down the field. And, I, you know, Goff has shown that he can still throw it down the field. So uh, I think he's an interesting option after Amonra St. Brown. I think the – you know, with as long as Williams is out, the wide receiver too in that offense is up for grabs. Hey, let's not forget about Wonder Boy Denzel Mims, new lion. I mean, <laughs> come on. No, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I uh, got to say, you know, to, to that point with, you know, Jamison Williams being out for these first six games and it's it, it, it isn't pretty. It isn't pretty at all. Um, and, and that's why I like my guy, uh, one of my tight end sleepers, Sam Laporta. Uh, again, Brock Wright is the only guy in front of him and Brock Wright is not scaring anybody on a football field. You look at the way that this offense has operated prior to the TJ Hawkinson trade. It was a 22 percent target share to the tight end position. It dropped significantly after TJ Hawkinson was traded down to 12% per game, which shows they had no trust in that position whatsoever. You bring in a guy like Sam Laporta, who is the lone bright spot on that Hawkeyes team last year with 650 receiving yards. And I mean, that's a feat in itself in that Iowa offense that does nothing but run the ball. Uh, I I think that that's going to transfer over well. He has very good athleticism and he is stepping right into an opportunity where he's going to be able to thrive immediately out of the gate. And I like his value there in that 12th, 13th round uh, in drafts. Yeah. So my sleeper, which maybe isn't much of a sleeper, but I think it's one of those where the ADP, I think I'm higher, much higher than most on this player. Uh, And it's Jameer Gibbs. I think you got Jameer Gibbs and you've got David Montgomery both in there, right? So you could say like, uh, you know, are they going to use the rookie right away? So just because of that controversy of you don't know what's going to happen, I think as a result, uh, there may be a less desire to go after and get him. But we talked about that number two receiver being gone, Joe. I think they're going to use Gibbs all over the field. I mean, you saw how excited they were. Uh, you know, in that draft room when they drafted him, they are hoping that he is what they thought that DeAndre Swift was <laughs> until DeAndre Swift couldn't stay healthy and they got rid of him. I think they're going to use him even more as a receiving entity than I am, you know, thinking about as a running entity. I would not be shocked. Uh, and this is a ballpark number. I'm still working on my projections, but him having over like 75 targets, I don't think is crazy. Uh, so I think he could be a very interesting um, RB2 uh, with with some real potential to be a game breaker. He's the type of player that, during, you know, he might be feast or famine, but when he's feast, he might win you some matchups. So I really like Jameer Gibbs. And there's been a lot of talk of him being used out of the slot, you know, from from the get go. And it's always been like the lines are telling us how they're going to use them. It's just a matter of no one's really listening to how that is. And, you know, again, for a team that just doesn't have the receiving options and the capability that Gibbs has, that very well could be it. Uh, to Again, you say 75, I, I'd even argue 80 or 90, uh, just based on the way that the makeup of this team is. So transitioning over to the Green Bay Packers, uh, who is your sleeper for them, guys? Yeah, for them, uh, I'm going to go with A.J. Dillon. I know he was a massive disappointment last year. Everyone was expecting the big breakout. It just didn't happen. You know, 
Uh, Aaron Rodgers is gone. They passed the ball a ton, you know, while he was there. Jordan Love is now the quarterback. I don't expect them to just allow him to throw, you know, 40, 50 times a game and try to have him throw all over the yard. So definitely think there's going to be an uptick in, you know, rushing attempts. And Aaron Jones, you know, he's closing in on, you know, age 29 here. If he does fall off, uh, I think A.J. Dillon will, you know, definitely would be the guy to take over and with an increased role and, you know, where you can get him right now. I mean, he's definitely a value. So, you know, I like the value you can get him at right now. Yeah, I mean, he, re- he really didn't have a bad year last year. It's just all the hype disappeared uh, yeah. from him. I mean, this is a guy that also outtouched uh, Aaron Jones inside the, the 10 and 5-yard lines, too. So, I mean, the opportunity for him to stack up the points is there. Uh, to, to look at the passing game, I know a lot of people are high on Christian Watson. I was high on this guy last year. Uh, but I think this is the year that he breaks out just because I think his skill set works a little bit better with what Jordan Love's going to bring to the table, and that's Romeo Dobbs. I, I think that this has been one of those situations where, you know, all the talk was about this this late-round rookie that was able to do all of these great things. And, yeah, we saw some glimpses here and there, but more of this possession-type receiver doesn't necessarily stretch the field as much, but is able going to be able to cut down the middle of the field, is a pretty crisp route runner overall. It should – I have him like a wide receiver three for, for the value that I'm putting him at. So I think he's he's a healthy – safer pick he's just not getting the hype there but I do think he has the opportunity to step up and be a leader on this offense just for the the sole fact that there really isn't one right now in that receiver room um and again maybe it is Christian Watson that steps up I just feel like there's with the skill set like I said of Jordan Love Dobbs feels like the safer play with the way that that team is built yeah, both great points there, and I gotta say, Joe, you've uh, you're starting. To, yeah, you were convincing me because I was this close to taking AJ Dillon. I don't know if you must have like put like a bug in my uh, house or something because I've been really, I was really considering it, but I avoided. But you know, it's really interesting because people were like, "Oh, he's gonna have like a Derrick Henry type of jump." I remember watching videos like that. People were huge in on AJ Dillon, and now they're completely out. I think that style of offense with Jordan Love in. It's going to completely change. You got to remember when you have a new quarterback at the helm, all bets are off. Things are going to change. And now that Aaron Rodgers isn't there, you know, he used Aaron Jones a lot. Um, I could see them relying a lot more on AJ Dillon. So I think he's a sneaky sleeper, but the guy I had was Jaden Reed. I really like him coming out of Michigan state. I'm with the same logic as you, Steven. I, I like the potential of Christian Watson, but my problem is I don't know if Jordan Love is the type of quarterback that could truly support him in what he's good at. And so that means you're looking at more of a possession type of receiver that I think would be better. And you got to remember, a lot of vacated targets. You know, Alan Lazard gone, Randall Cobb gone. So there's some vacated targets there. So I, I could totally see Romeo Dobbs. I think it's one of those, uh, you know, training camp battles in preseason that I'm really going to watch and see what the rapport is between Jordan Love and those two guys. Cause I think one of them is going to edge it out. But right now my bet is Jaden Reed. So transitioning over to the last team in the division, your Chicago <laughs> bears. Steven. What is your sleeper for them guys? Yeah, I don't necessarily like it, but uh, cause it's a player I've never been that high on, but I'm going to say Chase Claypool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, now I know, 
I know. I got. I got to hear the. I got to hear the reasoning on this. Oh, this is good. This is good. (laughs) So, with Chase Claypool, I know he's been a massive disappointment since you know coming out and looking okay early on in his career with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, And I know last year, you know, he did not see over six targets um, or produce more than fifty-one receiving yards in any game for the with the Bears. Um, But I do think that you know this is Justin Fields' third year, second year under Luke Getze. I do expect, you know, they bring in DJ Moore. I do expect the passing volume to increase. And if it does, I think Chase Claypool could be the beneficiary. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ Moore is there. You got Darnell Mooney on the outside as well, which re- really could open up the middle of the field for Chase Claypool and some, you know, shots down the field for him. He's the big guy. I also could see him getting some red zone targets and some increase in touchdowns as well. You know, I know you know, probably say Cole Komet or somebody in the red zone as well, but they just didn't seem to target him that much. So, you know, if you want to take a shot on a guy, you know, Claypool, if he could return to the form that we saw early on with the Steelers, you know, it could be good value for you. And, and, you know, I, all, all kidding aside, I just <laughs> like, anytime I hear that name, I just think 32nd pick is what was given up for Chase Claypool last season. You know, it, it, it's it's a tough situation for him. It truly is. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a guy who comes in halfway through the season, he's expected to mesh like that. And a lot of people also forget when that trade was made, the Bears were 3-3. Three and three. They lost every game from there on out. It was bad. Um, but he, he's kind of public enemy number one right now because he went on the pup list. Got pulled off today after a day. The weirdest pup placement I have ever seen in my life. But you're absolutely right that, I mean, the opportunity is there. And Darnell Mooney coming back from injury, he hasn't really looked all too great. He's walking around with a little bit of a limp. It's a little concerning. But again, the the, the passing volume is going to be up there. My guy, I think all the hype is on Roshan Johnson right now in that backfield. But people are overlooking Khalil Herbert and they need to stop. Uh, after 10 weeks last year, he hit an injury, was out for six weeks, but weeks one through 10, he was running back 19. I mean, they they were talking a a top 20 running back last year, and that's also playing second fiddle to David Montgomery in that offense. And I feel like there needs to be a time where Khalil Herbert needs to get the ball and show what he's capable of doing. He was averaging over five yards a clip. He has the capability with that explosive breakaway speed. We saw it on numerous occasions a year ago. Yeah, it's a little bit of a muddy situation. Dante Foreman's there. Like I said, Roshan Johnson. Roshan Johnson could easily be the guy that's leading the backfield at the end of the year. But Khalil Herbert is not going to go down quietly. And given where he's going in drafts right now, you cannot ignore that top 20 upside that he has shown in the past if he's able to stay healthy. So he's my guy. Interesting. My my guy, which honestly, I haven't really been feeling good about this sleeper at all. <laughs> you're, and you're making me feel worse about it, Steven. Uh, but it's, it's Darnell Mooney. You know, I think Mooney showed that he was capable. Uh, I mean, he has some games that were just absolutely like, what's going on? And then he started getting back on track. I think with DJ Moore being there and having more of that deep threat ability, I think it could open up. Uh, that offense a little bit more, and I have more confidence in him and Chase Claypool. I, I think Chase Claypool is in some serious trouble. I, I do not like that he went on the pup list either. I, I think the Bears are having some serious buyer's remorse uh, when it comes to mm-hmm. Chase Claypool. I, I, I don't know. They may possibly deal him. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I don't think they'd cut him. I mean, that would be – but you never know. Teams do crazy things. 
Uh, but I think they're having some severe buyer's remorse uh, when it comes to him. So I, I don't know what they're going to do. But so there's got to be a second option there, especially if people think that Fields is going to be this, you know, great fantasy player who's going to be the second guy to step up. It's to me, it's got to be Mooney. Yeah, and and this is the thing for both Mooney and Claypool. They're both in contract years, so they have things to play for. And if they don't get healthy, they don't get their minds right. I mean, Bears can just say see you later. I mean, we, they they got nothing else to to worry about. And that's kind of the nice thing where you have DJ Moore locked up for three years. You can build behind him. You have Caprim. You have all of this. So it, it is put up or shut up time for both of those guys. So they really, you know, those backs against the wall type years. We've seen it time and time again where it can turn into really good fantasy production. All right, guys. So we're going to go for one bust for the division. You can just uh, tell me briefly who it is or give me a soliloquy about why this guy is a a major avoid for you. Uh, So who is your one bust for the NFC North? As much as it pains me to say this, Steve, uh, I got him on my dynasty team, but I'm going to have to go with Christian Watson. I just think, uh, you know, where is ADP right now? He's going, he's going in the top 20 of ADPs, head of guys like Jerry Judy and Amari Cooper. I just think that for the what you have to pay and pay at his ceiling, it's going to be hard for him to deliver at that. And, you know, looking at the numbers, you know, I saw that he's in line for major touchdown regression, you know, from like weeks 10 to 13, 35% of his receptions were for touchdowns. So that's just kind of, that's just crazy. Like he's in line for regression with the touchdowns. And if that happens, you know, he's just not going to finish as a top end receiver. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to be the pessimistic guy and go against my own team here. But the, the one player I have never understood the hype over, I hated the pick. It's Cole Komet. I, I, I refuse to, to get on that bandwagon no matter what happens. And even a year ago where it took essentially the entire receiving core to, to drop dead for him to have any type uh, of capability. But even looking at, at his progression here, he hasn't missed a game in the last two years. 2021 had 93 targets, only had 69 targets last year. There's just not much there that screams. This is a guy who's going to be able to contribute consistently in a room where there are other receiving options that are significantly better than him. And, you know, for all these people saying that that top 10 upside exists, I I, I just, I, I cannot see it whatsoever. They say he's got the athleticism to succeed. It, it just it's just not there. It just isn't there. And it's it seems like a wasted uh, value uh, for for guys that are out there chasing him for where he's at right now. And it just it, it's not going to get you the returns that you expect. So my boss for the division, you're not going to like it, Stephen. It's Khalil Herbert. Uh, I actually oh. am very concerned about Khalil Herbert. And uh, a lot of the comments that I've heard from one Matt Eberflus has prioritized and said that they, the running back who's best at pass protection is, is what's going to be important. And that is not going to be Khalil Herbert. I think it will be Roshan Johnson. So as a result, I don't like there's a three-headed monster there. Uh, I don't think he – I think it's going to be a timeshare. He's not going to have I, – I, I don't – don't disagree with you as far as last season. You know, some of the talk that we had that we had heard, it seemed like David Montgomery just wasn't a fit for the type of, of running offense that they were trying to, to employ. And so that's why Herbert really jumped in and, and really did well. So I do hear you there, but 
alongside Justin Fields' rushing ability and possibly vulturing uh, some touchdowns uh, in the red zone. I just, I just, I understand what you're saying for the upside, but I think it's fool's gold, and I'm avoiding him at all costs. Fair enough. I mean, a, a three-headed monster backfield, that, that just kind of seems to be, you know, kind of a, it's a messy backfield overall across the division. Uh, you look at every team, there there's some type of split that God knows what you're going to get. Uh, the Bears, unfortunately, just seem to be the most dysfunctional in that regard. Um, so I, I can definitely understand where you're coming from on that. It, uh, it it could easily go one of several ways. If Honestly, if, if I had to guess, I, and I, I've liked making this analogy a lot this offseason, is I like comparing Roshan Johnson's situation to Alvin Kamara's rookie year with the Saints, where you had uh, a guy like Mark Ingram and then Adrian Peterson with the with the veteran in there, and then buried third on the depth chart, you've got Alvin Kamara. And like this year, you have Dante Foreman, who's brought in in free agency. You have Khalil Herbert, who's the, the incumbent there. And then here you go, Roshan Johnson in the third round, ready and raring to roll. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, the opportunity is there. I think he could have easily been a second-round pick if it wasn't for Bijan Robinson in Texas. I think he's got that type of talent. Mm. I'm very high on him. And the fact that, you know, everyone was all about Robinson – Roshan kind of slid under the radar for a lot of teams. And you, you look at all the scouting reports, a, a lot of college teams said the same exact thing, that there were certain things they were more worried about with Johnson than they were with Robinson just based on his skill set. So it, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I do really like Roshan Johnson. I just think maybe I'm nuts, but I think I'd rather have either Roshan Johnson for the reasons that you said – or possibly Deontay Foreman. I mean, I thought his career was over, but what he did with Carolina is undeniable. I mean, this guy could possibly be a touchdown vulture. I mean, he, I think he has that potential. I don't know. So to me, of the three, I think, I don't know what it is, but just based on the ADP, why people like Herbert so much, I get those other two guys for pennies on a dollar. So I'd rather yeah. just, you know, take my shot there and see what happens. Totally understand that. <laughs> So that concludes our show, breaking down the NFC North division for the upcoming NFL season. Before we sign off, Stephen, thanks so much for coming on the show. Where can others find your great work? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Stephen with a PH underscore Roto, uh, doing all my fun work with Fishbowl merch, uh, the SFB Avi Makers, and then uh, the SFB Potathon as well. And go check out fantasycares.org and donate today to help Toys for Tots. Absolutely. Joe and I are part of Scott Fishbowl. We both got our merch. We are supporting uh, the charity, so go ahead and do that. Uh, but if you enjoyed this video, we are a new channel, so we ask you to show your support. You like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, listen to us on Apple or Spotify podcast. You can put your comments below on what your thoughts are with the NFC North, who you think is going to win division, who's going to get the wild card, what's your sleepers of the division we want to hear. Uh, to put it down below also check out all our divisional previews uh, breakdowns that we did uh, for each division we had guests come on it was uh, definitely a thrill it was very exciting you definitely want to check those out thank you so much for watching and until next time